I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, you just live in a total dick world, don't you? And I'm Av Stanensky, and I like to see what people look like with Hitler mustaches. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 8, Episode 10, Larry versus Michael J. Fox, which originally aired on September 11th, 2011, the 10-year anniversary of 9-11. Here we are recording it on the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, so exactly a decade later. And yeah, yeah, 9-11-2011 was a very, uh, very sad day for me. Um, Donovan McNabb made his debut for the Vikings. Arriving as a 34-year-old, uh, presumably future Hall of Famer, uh, you know, had just been he had had a down year in Washington, but he had been a Pro Bowler just the year before in Philadelphia, led the Eagles to 11 wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Favre's career had descended the previous year for the Vikings, just short of a Super Bowl. And here comes McNabb, five years longer, younger, very, very excited. Uh, in the first week, the Vikings blow a fourth quarter, and for the game, Donovan McNabb goes seven for 15 for 39 yards. Ooh, and <laughs> that's a weak Vi- game. The Vikings ended up having the worst season of my lifetime. They went three and 13. So, yeah. So 9-11, 2011 was a very bad day. I, I have no memory of Donovan McNabb playing for the Vikings. That's interesting. Yeah. He played five very bad games and then he was. Dead. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense that I, that I don't remember that. Got, yeah. yeah oh, and that was it. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I remember weird, I was, two years earlier, he was unquestionably going to be a Hall of Famer. And then, you know, he just he was he just fell off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they were willing to let him go to a divisional opponent the year before in Washington at only age 33 was, I guess, a sign that he. Right. Was and then. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think I had him in fantasy the year he went to Washington. He was very yeah. bad. Yeah, he was very bad. Oh, well, hmm. last didn't win fantasy that year. Yeah, too bad. What are you going to do? So, yeah. So before we uh, jump into the episode, let's just. Uh, Go over what we what we might have going on the next few weeks. Um, I know we certainly mentioned previously our plan is to cover season eleven as it airs uh, week to week, and that's going to be starting up at the end of October. Uh, we believe October twenty fourth, I think, is the Sunday uh, that I've heard is most likely that it'll debut. So that gives us like four or five weeks in between. Uh, we're still deciding some stuff to do. We have some feelers out there. Um, I think one thing that we said we could probably watch would be Clear History. Mm-hmm. The, the HBO movie, movie that, yeah, that so filmed during the so, uh, break. Yeah, so I would say, you know, you, you should feel pretty safe watching that. We'll probably cover that at some point the next month, um, whether it's, you know, in two weeks, three weeks, something, you know, it'll, it'll come up. Um, we have some other ideas. But yeah, just, you know, Hang by. We'll hope to put out something every now and then. Maybe not once a week. Maybe once a week. We'll see. But yeah. But then, you know, end of October, we'll really uh, we'll get into a season 11 gear. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's time to uh, close out season eight. Yep. Let's jump right into uh, Larry versus Michael J. Fox. Larry versus Michael J. Fox. It's a fun uh, title. It's one of those where it's like, oh, I know which episode that is. It's the one where Larry uh, goes against Michael J. Fox. Like, <laughs> there's been like many episodes where like Larry like is antagonistic towards someone, and like this is the first time where it's like Larry versus that person as a title. Makes so, it very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some strange. Uh, there's some strange attempts at legal. The, the whole Michael Bloomberg of it all. We'll get to that because I don't understand <laughs> what's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, Bloomberg was an author- authoritarian. He was a real uh, nanny stater guy. Yeah. Thank you.
So we start out the episode uh, where at Jennifer's apartment and Larry knocks on the door and she says hello and she says, you know, uh, I'm just running a little bit late. Just give me a few minutes. And Larry will start uh, picking up a magazine and start doodling a little bit. And, you know, we're going to jump into a clip early. On this yeah. one, I think I think that's certainly the way to go. Well, this behavior is completely insane of Larry. Doodling. Well, not, not well. I mean, even doodling on someone else's magazine is a little rude. But what he's doodling is completely insane. <laughs> oh, hi, hi. My name is Greg. Is it? Yes. My name is Larry. Hi. A great pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. Well, you're very welcome. So, what are you drawing? Oh, I'm just doodling. That's a Hitler mustache. That's Hitler hair. What's a Hitler? Oh. <laughs> Hitler was a bad man. A bad man? Very bad man. Oh, my God. Yes, he started a war. He, oh. he, didn't, he didn't really care for Jews. He thought they were a bit much. Oh, I would kick his butt. Would you? Yes. Good for you. What's that? What are you watching in there? Project Runway. Good show. And what do you like about it? The fashion. It's like the best show ever. You like fashion? Yes, I do. Ooh, what's that right there? Oh, that's called a uh, swastika. I like how the lines just go straight and then up and then down and then straight and then up and then down. It's beautiful. My birthday's coming up in a week, so can you get me one? A swastika? <laughs> I, I don't know, Greg. I have to think about that. They should start selling them in every gift shop in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jews would like that. Get a life, Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Get a life, Jews. Yeah. This kid is really an incredible actor. Yeah, he's so fun. And I mean, I would love to know sort of what the filming of that scene was like, because I can't imagine that they had a kid that young, like doing improv, right? Like there must um, have been you wouldn't. Yeah, you would think that he was probably given some lines. I and, and even so, I mean, it's really, really well done by a kid that young. I mean, really. yeah, he's obviously very animated. Yes. Um, Emmy, Emmy, yeah. What exactly did they tell him? Did they tell this kid, like, pretend to be gay? Like, I mean, what do you tell a kid that age? It's very. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, yeah, so Larry drawing the swastikas on the magazine. Totally insane. Get a life shoes. Obviously, <laughs> just a great line by the kid. We should get Goodbye, a life. Jews. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of also, yeah. Uh, the Jews are a bit... He thought they were a bit much. Yeah, we were. We were a bit much. Yeah. Hitler wasn't completely wrong. His <laughs> solution was a bit much. Yeah. I don't know um, if you need to go so final with your solution, necessarily. Yeah, but, you know, he wasn't He wasn't wrong that there was a problem. <laughs> we can't be a bit much. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, no. Hitler was wrong in all regards. Um... <sighs> Let's just so, yeah. that disclaimer on top of the podcast. Yeah, we're kidding. We're kidding. Put, put it in the show notes. Let the record state Hitler was uh, was bad. Completely wrong. Yes. And not only for the mustache that he declared completely yeah. out of style. The swastika with the, the, the lines going this way and that way and this way and that way. What do you think about it? Is it beautiful? 
Um, swastika is not. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the swastika. Yeah. I find it to be uh, rather terrifying. Yes, it has some associations, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so Larry, uh, he wants to know if the mom's ready and Jennifer comes out and uh, sends Greg off and uh, she's like, he's quite something, isn't he? And Larry's like, that's an understatement. And, um, you know, he, Larry's like, well, he doesn't on, really sorry. go. Uh, we got to slow down for a second. The, I'm on the swastika Wikipedia page. Okay. And they really uh, bury the lead here. <laughs> How's that? The swastika symbol is an ancient religious icon in the cultures of Eurasia. It is uh-huh. used as a symbol of divinity and spirituality in Indian religions, including Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. Okay, yeah. fine. Let's get to Europe. In the Western world, it was a symbol of auspiciousness and good luck until the 1930s. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, are you eventually going to get to the Nazis or not? Not really. <laughs> yeah, I would think you would lead with the Nazis yeah. with the swastika, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Uh, three sentences later. As a result of World War II and the Holocaust, many people in the West still strongly associated with Nazism and anti-Semitism. Get a life, Jews, okay? Like, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, Wikipedia is right. Yes. Why even mention? Yeah, it shouldn't even be, it's like a, should be like a footnote. Hmm. Just a nice symbol. It goes like that and like that. Yeah. Now, again, I do feel bad for these other cultures that this, like, uh, the cultural appropriation of the Nazis to their symbol and ruining it. But, like, Unfortunately, that's what happens. You know, like like same with the Hitler mustache. Some things you just got to yeah. give up. I mean, there's lots of symbols. Like whatever, yeah. just do a different symbol. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, swastikas are scary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's try and come back to curb for a second. <laughs> um. So yeah. So they head off, and uh, we talk about how uh, Susie told him that she's quite the piano player. So I think uh, last week you were asking whether she was getting piano lessons or giving yeah. piano. Lessons. Well, we'll see in this episode. Yeah. She's a, um, a performer of her own right background, yes. of course. But um, yeah, and she says, you know, don't get your heads up, your hopes up. It's just background. So now, by the way, did you notice yeah. when she sends when she sends Greg away in the beginning of the scene, she says Nana's going to give you a bath. Oh, did she say bath? I, I did hear her say that Nana's ready for you. Yeah, Nana's going to give you a bath. Uh, the kid is seven years old. That's yeah, a little... he's a little old to be taking be giving given a bath. Yeah, you're not a baby at seven. Although, of course, we know Aunt Baby died at seven. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes. She had so many problems internal. Yeah. <laughs> Runs in the family. Um, so, yeah, so we go to the restaurant and Jennifer is playing New York, New York on the piano. Uh, the crowd is uh, chattering and uh, Larry's like going around shushing everyone because he wants, you know, everyone should be able to hear Jennifer play. Mm. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's like, <laughs> this is not like a concert. Yeah. Um, but like, he's, you know, he's still shushing away. And we see Michael J. Fox walks in with two of his friends and he's, you know, we see we actually overhear him telling his friends, oh, look, I'm going to go say hi to Larry David. Um, yeah, of course, you know, this is just super cool. Michael J. Fox. Um, I actually like I, I really love him as a villain. He's also he also plays a villain on The Good Wife and he's just like super fun. So it's like obviously he's like the ultimate hero from the 80s uh, back to the future. Uh, but him as a villain has been uh, a fun turn. But interesting, are you so your perspective is you see him as the villain in this episode? Uh, yeah, he's definitely, I think he's definitely playing up the Parkinson's to mess with Larry. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Because I thought that he's clearly not, and Larry's just a complete insane maniac. No, I think he's taking advantage. All right. Okay. Well, we'll, uh, we'll get into that, I guess. I mean, that, it, in part, I could be colored by the fact that he plays a character in The Good Fight where he's all, where he does exactly that thing, where mm. he, like, very much, like, tries to, like, 
curry favor with the juries. But he's like, oh, I have a condition, as you'll notice, mm-hmm. my arms. Like he he very much plays up that character there. And I think he's doing a similar thing here. So it's possible okay. my perception here is being colored by that character. But there he's not playing Michael J. Fox, right? No, he's playing a, a like a, a fictional attorney at a rival yeah. law firm. That is that is that uh, is funny. Who's very uh... who's very manipulative, specifically yeah. by like using his uh his disability or oh. whatever you want to call it, um, for his advantage. Um, so yeah, so uh, Michael J. Fox comes over to talk to Larry, and he's like, uh, "Hey, I hear we're neighbors now. You got your living downstairs." It's like, yeah, you know, it's just um, you know, if you could try to keep it down, she's uh she's playing over there. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's just background music. It's not like this is Carnegie Hall. It's just a bar. Um, well, that's yeah, a little mean thing to say, I think. It's a little mean, but like Larry's yeah. kind of being unreasonable. Like it's a, like, it's a sure. bar. Like you're, you're yeah. supposed to be able to talk. Um, so Larry's, uh, Michael's like, all right, I'll see you later. They, uh, he excuses himself back to his friends. And he starts talking about this uh, story from Vegas about an inflatable frog. And Larry's, you know, going back to shushing them. And finally, Jennifer finishes playing and Larry, Larry gets up to applaud, tries to get the whole crowd to applaud together with him, um, which everyone is very annoyed about. Yeah, but he gets a few people. He gets a few people. I'm always people annoyed like, when, whenever there's like a uh, like a uh, ovation coming. I'm always annoyed. You don't like ovations. I don't like, I mean, I don't like being forced into it. Looking around like, oh, right. I guess that's what we're doing here. OK, fine. Yeah. Yeah. You want you like you don't mind genuine ovation. Yeah, but I don't want to be forced into it. But, you yeah, know, when everyone around you is doing it, yeah, you just got to. Yeah, your pressure is rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Larry is like praising Jennifer. Like, it's amazing how you played. Um, and, you know, they both like really like the atmosphere. And um, they start talking about Greg. And he's like, yeah, he's like, she's like, you know, obviously he's like really like one of my favorite people in the world. And Larry's like, you know, it must be really hard to raise a child like that. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's like, you know, I'm a single mother. Like, I didn't apply to that. But, you know, and he's like, no, no, you know, it's more like he's just like so flamboyant. And Jennifer's like, well, I think that like he has a great attitude and, you know, he's unique and different. And she invites him to Greg's birthday party. And Larry's like, no, I'm not the type of guy that goes to a kid's birthday party, but I'm happy to buy him a present. Although, you know, it must be hard um, to know what to get but like i'll definitely get him something if it'll help with the sex and she's like yeah sure it'll help with the sex yeah and he's like well you know a kid like that you know you can't really get him like a baseball or a football and she's like no you can <laughs> um yeah larry's like extremely stupid here um well i mean the, the mother's the one who's literally extremely stupid that like she doesn't well that she's like that she's unaware uh, but yeah right right uh but yeah no but he's stupid in terms of like you could buy him a baseball or a football like you're that, that's idiotic sure yeah um and yeah who, who knows what he is he's a kid um so yeah so um michael j fox is uh leaving the restaurant and he looks at larry and he's just like he kind of like makes this uh shaking motion and larry thinks he's pissed at him um and he realizes that it's probably because he shushed him earlier now michael j fox is mad at him oh and- so he so here you think that michael j fox like what do you think is happening here um here probably not but then i think once he once larry is like starting to be suspicious that i think he plays into it here i think he did like nothing yeah okay all right i don't think he's mad at larry for the shot shake. yeah i don't um, think he cares enough yeah so jennifer t- explains to, La- to larry that he has that he has this condition and larry's like yeah i guess it might have been a parkinson's shake but i want to find out whether it was pissed or parkinson's and uh, Jennifer says, you know, why don't you just go apologize for shushing him and that should settle the matter? And Larry thinks that's a good idea. 
Um, okay. So Larry comes home and he runs in to catch the elevator and the doors are about to close and he gets in and he presses the button for the 31st floor. Then as he starts going up a little more, he remembers, oh, I want to go see Michael J. Fox. So he hits the button for 32. Yeah. It causes this guy who is, uh, it's uh, Asif, Asif Manvi, Manvi. Yeah. the Daily Show. He like completely freaks out. Uh, he I mean, is a he complete goes, like, psychopath here. <laughs> a complete psychopath. He's like, well, I'm a bit in a rush. And like, now you're going to cost me like extra time because I have to yeah. go to two floors. And Larry's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasted 12 seconds of your precious time, which is exactly right. Well, I mean, guy- I, I, yes, but I can I can imagine being Monvi and being like mildly annoyed, but not enough to say something to a stranger. You shouldn't say something. And if you do, yeah. the other person's right. Just be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. But also, of course, here he is. He is the only one who pushes the other buttons. I mean, Larry eventually joins in at. But like he screws himself yeah yes um and larry like kind of he explains like listen here's what happened like i pressed 31 then i realized i need to go to 32 and he's just like well you could have gone to 31 and take the stairs and larry's like take the stairs take the stairs and um he's just like no like no way like i would what i did was fine and the guy now the guy just goes completely ballistic and just starts pushing all the buttons and then larry just say you were in a rush it's like yeah and larry's like fine i'm gonna push buttons too and like they push all the buttons basically (laughs) now this guy's completely fucked over yeah but this guy did it completely to himself yeah, no, this guy's a complete moron. Yeah. And then somehow he's going to go report Larry, as we'll discover. Um, yeah. And then as it is in the end, Larry just ends up getting off on 31 anyways and taking <laughs> the stairs. Um, so Larry gets up, goes up to uh, Michael J. Fox's apartment and he apologizes for the shushing and they agree. Nobody likes to be shushed. I don't even shush. Uh, Michael J. Fox says he doesn't even shush his kids. And Larry brings up the fact that he saw Michael shake his head at him before he left. And Michael says, no, you know, that must must have been just one of my uh, Parkinson's shakes. And Larry, uh, Larry seems at first, uh, you know, he's uh, he's willing to buy that. And um, Michael, you know, goes on to explain, you know, but really, you know, this was background music, not a performance per se. Um, and I says, regardless of what it was, it was rude. And if I walked into one of your movies, you probably wouldn't like if I was talking. And Michael's like, I don't know the situation where you're seeing one of my movies. I haven't been in a movie since like 1985. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, yeah, which is not really true. Um, I mean, that's what he started being in movies. Like yeah. he was in the Back to the Future movies. No, when, but it's like, funny that how he's being very uh, self-deprecating. I think. Yeah, um, he, he it had been a while since he was in major movies at that point. Um, yeah. American President 95 was probably like the last known movie that he was in. Um, other than as like in voice roles, um, he did have a very funny cameo after this in uh, a movie called See You Yesterday. Um, enjoyable, very just like in one scene. Mm. Um, so Larry's like, fine. So if this was 1985 and I did that to you. You wouldn't like it. Um, and Michael J. Fox is like, oh, this is getting really weird. We're getting into time travel now. Um, yeah, we have different timelines. One where Larry goes to shush him at the movies and one where he doesn't. And um, it's a whole crazy other timeline. I feel like you probably haven't seen the Back to the Future movies because it's like you like sometimes have like these weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, but they mean nothing to me. Like, in other words, I saw them so long ago that I barely I'm like vaguely familiar with them. It's almost like right. Star Wars. I've seen the Star Wars movies, but they don't really mean anything to me. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, the phone rings and uh, Michael goes to get it, saying he'll be back in two shakes. Yeah. Now, why? Uh, why is there a stack of markers on this coffee table anyway? It's a little bit of an unusual thing <laughs> I like to have there. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, so Larry goes to sit down at the coffee table and he picks up a copy of Bloomberg's Business Week magazine. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Bloomberg will, will shall return. Yeah. 
Um, he sits down on the couch and he starts doodling on the magazine and Michael J. Fox comes in. He's like, what the fuck, Larry? What are you doing? Which is completely um, the correct reaction. Yeah. And he notices that he's drawn a Hitler mustache on the guy, mm. which turns out to be his father-in-law. Yes. <laughs> um, this is his father-in-law, Steve Poland, father mm. of Michael and Tracy Poland. Um, Tracy Poland actually. Um, is this his actual father-in-law? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, his So his uh, Tracy, who is the daughter, but played Michael J. Fox's girlfriend on Family Ties, and then they ended up dating and getting married. Mm. Um, the, the the guy on the cover, Stephen, is actually the only one of the four of two of his two children and Michael J. Fox that don't have their own Wikipedia page. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I looked them all up. Um, yeah, and Michael J. Fox is very upset because now he's going to have to get rid of the magazine because his father-in-law will freak out if he comes over and sees that someone is drinking with a. With a uh, Hitler mustache. Yeah. Um, so Michael offers Larry a soda. Yeah, well, hold Larry, on. And, uh, you, yeah. you skipped the best line. What's that? And when Larry says, I'd like to see what people look like uh, with a Hitler mustache. Oh, yeah. I, and, I said that at the top. And Michael says, yeah, he looks like Hitler. <laughs> he looks like Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, so let's discuss the soda. So your theory is that Michael shook it up on purpose. Um, hmm, maybe you not said- here yet. Yeah, I, to me, it's great. And by the way, this is like screwing over Michael more than Larry. Like, OK, worst thing Larry does is loses a sweater. But Michael, it's all over his own house. You know, like it could ruin like the furniture or, you know, you don't know where it's going to spray. It can hit that white couch. I don't know. OK, so I mean, I don't know. We can, I guess we'll go through them one by one. But yeah. I, I do think there is an extent to which he's playing up the Parkinson's. Like He likes that. Like everyone's like, oh, he has Parkinson's. Like, well, but he, maybe but like but he so likes far, telling everyone the first two where Larry is going to allege it's, it's intentional and Michael says it's Parkinson's, we agree that it's probably Parkinson's. <laughs> well, also, like, I was wondering what the soda, what type of soda is, because, like, Dr. Brown's always explodes. Like, it's, like, 100%. Okay, so you're saying so it depends. If, some so, sodas are known to be more... Yeah, yeah so if, it, if it's a Dr. Brown's, you do nothing to it, it explodes. Yeah, you. if someone hands me a can of soda, I, I think I'm almost... Or beer, I'm almost always, like, tapping the top just to... Uh, I don't know if it does anything, but I do that before I open it every time. Yeah. Um... Okay, so um, yeah, the soda explodes and uh, Michael blames it on the Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And we're going to head uh, back to Larry's apartment with Larry and Leon. I think the shirt's ruined. What a surprise, man. He has Parkinson's. So he's got Parkinson's. Of course, it's Parkinson's. Hey, yeah. he's shaking. He would never do anything like that on purpose. Michael J. Fox. Never in a million years. But he shakes, right? He has your soda that's shaking. He can't stop fucking shaking. So you're saying you don't believe me? I'm just not buying it. See that fucking milk you got in your hand right now? You hand that man a carton of fucking milk, guess what? It's gonna be a fucking milkshake. That was not Parkinson's. Hey, thank God he didn't hand you his dick, you know what I mean? <laughs> he could have been shaking and shook that dick up, hand you the dick, and the dick shot sperm in your face. Yeah, <laughs> but what, what, why would he hand me a dick? I'm just an example. What kind of example is that? I'm just comparing it to other things you can shake up, right? With Parkinson's, <laughs> right? You just live in a, a total dick world. That's a good example, right? What's that? Is that Parkinson's? Hmm? You think that's Parkinson's? Wow. He's pissed. He's pissed. Okay, so this is allegation number three, right? Yeah. 
And when we go, when he goes upstairs, like Michael says to him, no, you can read it literally in my book. I described this exact condition that I have. So, <laughs> so again, on this one, I think I'm three for three on siding with Michael that it's Parkinson's not a spite or intentional. I, you might be right. You might be right. Maybe I'm just, uh, I misjudged him. Listen, Michael has a sickness in the brain, but you have a sickness in your mind. <laughs> Such a great line. Um, he's definitely used that like he's definitely been like in a fight with his wife at some point and used that line against her or something like that (laughs) yes um all right we're actually going to continue uh right into the next scene oh okay um we're going back over to jennifer's apartment the Wizard of Oz costume? Yes! Which one? Dorothy. I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. You're welcome, Greg. <laughs> A sewing machine? Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> what, are you trying to turn him gay? He is a happy, healthy, normal, seven-year-old boy. What is the matter with you? I think he might be gay. See, she's completely in the wrong here. Like, your son is happy with the gift. Why are you yelling at this guy? Yeah, I mean, she's definitely, um, she has, like, preconceived notions that are, like, making her just, like, yeah, like, he's thrilled to have this thing. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, your son is happy. And by the way, you don't have to be gay or straight or any sexuality to like sewing, obviously. But, you know, yeah, or football or baseball. Right. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. Again, once again, Greg. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The acting by that kid is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we head um, back over to Larry's apartment and Larry's trying to sleep. And here's the thumping noise again. Calls for Leon to see if he's up. And uh, Leon says, this dude is out of fucking control right now. And they both complain. And Leon tells Larry that he should go handle it. And uh, Larry's like, sure, that's great. Unless you want to. Um, And Leon's like, no, we can't do that. Because if I go up there, I will kill that motherfucker, Michael J. Fox. He's about to keep Michael J. fucked up in a minute. And Larry has to go since that's the only way that it'll be a fair fight. And Larry resents the fact that Leon views this as a fair fight because, like, he thinks like that guy is like Leon's like, no, you're both old and shaky. <laughs> um, it's even Steven. Yeah, um, I'm with yeah, Leon here. Yeah, Larry thinks that he could easily take Michael J. Fox, and yeah. Larry's like, you watch me, and he runs up. Um, Larry thinks he like, can take people is like Akiva thinks he can take people in Renap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and uh, Akiva thinks Leon, he can take Kyle Chandler. Right. Leon comments that shit like this doesn't happen in a black neighborhood. Mm, yeah. Who's who? Who's the black Michael J. Fox? I don't know. Would have to. Well, I mean, it'd have to be like a massive like sitcom star from the eighties. Martin Lawrence, I guess he was the nineties. Yeah. Not Bill Cosby, obviously. I was not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um. Um. um maybe Will it's Jaleel White. Jaleel no, White. Will maybe? Smith became much bigger. Jaleel yeah. White is not bad. Yeah. I mean, Michael J. Fox is, was probably bigger than Jaleel White. Yeah, but Jaleel yeah. White's character is actually more iconic. Thirty years later, like they're both pretty iconic. But yeah, 
yeah. Marty McFly. I, I mean, a TV character. Well, yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Michael J. Fox. Yeah, well, wait, but Marty McFly comes after um, Family, Ties. Family Ties, doesn't it? He becomes yeah. he becomes a star from Family Ties. Yeah, yeah. The difference, yeah. Jaleel White doesn't like have a movie franchise the way that uh, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Michael J. Fox is also very funny on uh, Spin City. I don't know if you ever watched that yes, show. Yes, I like Spin City, and yeah, yeah. that's, that's a, the thing that I know show. from primarily. But yeah, it's a fun show. Yeah. Um, now, so if this is in a black community. So Leon goes up upstairs where Julia White's making noise. I feel like Julia White, who became a boxer <laughs> later, didn't he? He did. Or maybe a celebrity boxing, something like that. The point is, I take him over J.B. Smooth in a fight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. J.B. Smooth, though, has like superpowers. We've seen him pull off some pretty crazy shit. Yes, he has. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, so uh, we go up to Michael's apartment and Larry bangs on the door. He wants to know what's going on and let Michael uh, explains it's the boots. You know, I have this condition called dystonia. I have to wear the stiff shoes to keep my feet from cramping. You know, I wrote it all about it in the first chapter of my book. It helps me sleep. Oh, sorry. The book will help reading the book will help you sleep. And uh, he explains he's had this for 20 years. And Larry's like, well, how come I never heard about it? And he's like, well, you live in California, Larry. It's like, well, I've lived here for a month and I've never heard it. Uh, which is a good question. How if it's, this is really such yeah, a common I mean, thing? Yeah, that, that, that's a fair point by Larry. Um, and Larry's like, I know what's going on here. You're upset about the shushing. You're upset about the Hitler mustache. Um, you shake the soda. You made a bullshit excuse about the feet to justify the clomping, and you're just blaming it all on your Parkinson's. And um, as you said before, Michael says, I thought I was the sickest guy in the block, but you're the new champ. I have a sickness in my brain. You have a sickness in your mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's whatever you think is going on. It's all the Parkinson's. Um, and Larry confirms that he's sure. And Michael says he is dead certain. Uh, there was a, there was actually a, uh, a storyline for the news with this exact thing. Uh, I don't know if you remember the whole Rush Limbaugh controversy. Which one? Fox. Oh, I have a clip for you right here. Bonus clip. In this commercial, he is exaggerating the effects. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He is moving all around and shaking, and it's purely an act. This is the only time I have ever seen Michael J. Fox portray any of the symptoms of the disease he has. He can control himself enough to stay in the frame of the picture, and he can control himself right, enough right, to right, keep his this. eyes right on the <laughs> lens, the teleprompter. I thought, it was, I thought it was relevant to the episode. <laughs> yeah, so it was like a stem cell research commercial, right? Political ad. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Rush Limbaugh, you know, I'm so surprised he got away with that because usually making fun of somebody for being disabled would ruin one's uh, public career. Yes. Yes. You do that and like, you know, people won't like you anymore. They won't support you. Yeah. So um, we're at Jeff and Susie's place. Larry and Jeff are playing chess for some reason. We've never seen them do that before. Wait, we skipped over uh, Larry and gives Michael J. Fox the Larry stare. Oh, yes, you're right. You're yes. right. They do. The, they do do the stare. What's, yeah. uh, what's I mean, our stare count? I think that when you have an episode with the title Larry versus Michael J. Fox, you had to know what one was coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is um, so we, we had Ricky Gervais earlier this season. Mm-hmm. And this is the second one of the season. This is our 13th overall. Um, well, our 13th episode, right? We had one episode happened three times. So our 15th oh, wow. overall uh, stare down. Okay, so we're getting yes. we're averaging like two per season, but they didn't start till late on, right? Uh, one in season two, three oh, in really? one episode of season three, two in season four, four in season five, one in season six, two in season seven, two in season eight. So pretty consistent since uh, since it was introduced. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so yeah, so we head uh, we head on over to Jeff and Susie's place, and as I said, Larry is playing chess with Jeff, which is very unusual. I don't think we've ever seen them playing chess really before together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susie's like, "What is going on here? You gave a sewing machine to Greg that was completely inappropriate." Yo, what like, is Susie doing? This is completely <laughs> insane. You Agreed. gave a gift to a child and he liked it. Like, why are you getting involved, Susie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Larry says exactly that. What it wasn't inappropriate at all. And it happens to be Greg loved the gift. Yeah, completely. And too Susie doesn't like the implication. And Larry's like, it's not an implication. And Susie says, well, Greg is too young to be gay. He can't be sexually attracted to anyone at that age, uh, which is kind of bullshit, because if someone's like somebody is attracted to like the heterosexual version at that age, you think it's normal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it is it is true that many children uh, don't no, think about yeah, it. Yes. yes. But yes. But some children do. But some children do. Yes. Yeah. Many kids. There's many kids like who in first grade are already like into boys or girls or mm. whatever. They're yes. Um, yeah. So Larry says he's pre-gay, <laughs> um, which is. Yeah, I feel like this is the thing, a type of the, the term that uh, they thought was going to catch on and didn't. Pre-gay. Yeah. Um, yeah. This yeah. doesn't age super well. Yes. I don't think. Should we be talking <laughs> about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we don't need to get it done. It suffice to say, this doesn't all of this stuff doesn't age very well. Yeah. Um, and uh, Susie doesn't like it. You know, we get him another present and you know replace it. And um, Jeff, you know, is talking under his breath. He's like, "Why does she have to get her involved in everything?" And Larry doesn't want to get Greg another gift, but like they're going over ideas, and he's like, "Maybe there's a slinky, and then there's roller skates." But they decide all of those are even like too like gay adjacent yeah. or whatever. How is the slinky gay? The sl- I don't see why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slinky is a lovely gift have you ever had a slinky successfully like go down the stairs like in ace ventura um i have yeah it's uh, not it's it's harder than it looks i remember spending a lot of time in yeshiva with mini slinkies trying to line up my books to make like a staircase <laughs> for it right. to work yes yeah they uh they discussed some musical instruments they um they're deciding between a flute and a harp yeah. and they agree these are tricky presents to give yeah and um <laughs> Larry makes a move in the chess game and Jeff tells Larry that that might have been the dumbest move he could have possibly made. I don't know why. Presumably it's coming. Yeah, we don't really see much of the chess from there. Yeah. Um, Larry tells Jeff he's not been getting enough sleep because of all the clomping from Michael J. Fox, keeping him up all at night. And Susie comes in, tells them how much of a saint Michael's wife, Tracy Pullen is, what a relationship those two have. Larry agrees, but although he notes that as a cynic, it sickens me, um, but he'd take a bullet for her, and Larry and Susie agree. That's true love, and she turns over to Jeff and says, would you take a bullet for me? And he's like, of course I take a bullet for you. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Without a doubt. Um, Very desperate Susie attempt wa- to get like a second storyline in this episode, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Susie is like, turns over to Larry. He's like, what do, you, what do you think? He's like, well, he said he would, but you know, just seeing and uh, doing are very saying and doing are very different. Yes. Um, and then she leaves and Larry turns to him and says, you know what people say about you too when you leave the room? <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> that's a mean thing to say. Yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> I don't know why he said this. I don't know her. And so and then Susie kicks him out of the apartment, which uh, rightfully so. Um, okay, so Larry uh, comes home and he's greeted by the doorman, John. Uh, this is John Glazer. Um, he was on Parks and Rec as Councilman Jam. Yeah, I love John Glazer in basically everything he does. Uh, always a fan. He was um, he used to be on Conan. Do you remember ESPN had these like online comedy bits maybe about 14 years ago or so? No. 
they they had these videos they had like a comedy series on espn.com and it was a woman um who also ended up being on parks and rec the actress and her and john glazer were like the main characters in them Mm-hmm. If I showed you one of these, you'd, you'd probably remember having seen it. But um, yeah, it's possible. Anyway, so yeah, he did that. And yeah, the Parks and Rec, of course. Yeah, he's always good. Yeah. Um, so the, he, he comes around the corner and he bumps into Michael J. Fox and he's like, oh, was that also Parkinson's? <laughs> uh, he's like, no, that was just bad timing. Yeah. See, that's and, the thing. I, I don't think that he's blaming Parkinson's because if he was, he would have blamed it here. Right. That's true. Um, and Larry complains about the stomping again. And Michael says, well, why don't you just take it up with the board? Mm. And John comes over. He's like, Michael is Mr. Fox. Is there a problem? And he says, no, don't worry about it. Um, and he, uh, he gets Michael J. Fox a cab. And when, after he leaves, John comes over to Larry and tells him, you know, is there a problem? And he's like, yeah, he bumped into me. Didn't you see that? He's like, well, he has Parkinson's, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry says, well, yeah, he's using it to harass me. Isn't that obvious? And John is not having it. He tells him you can bump into any tenant in the building except for Michael J. Fox. You do that, we have a problem. And Larry's livid. He says ever having Parkinson's doesn't give you carte blanche to take advantage of the North Parkinson's people. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong about that. I just think he's wrong about whether or not that's actually happening. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I guess there's not a ton of evidence um, that that's what's happening. I do I do think there's still just a general thing of like, he likes everybody knowing that he has Parkinson's. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think you're being influenced by that other role he played. <laughs> that could be. I think this is all in Larry's head. And I think it's, uh, <laughs> by, by trying to convince people of it, it's just, uh, it's hurting him further. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to the board meeting and see how this uh, plays out. This mm. uh, dispute between tenants. Shades of the Andrea Doria. Sleep. He's banging yes. on my ceiling with his these special shoes. He's wearing combat boots, and yesterday he shoved me when I was coming out of the elevator. Shoved me, Michael J. Fox. Shoved me. Okay. Mr. David, are you aware of the fact that Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's disease? Of course I'm aware of the Parkinson's. Don't you understand what he's doing? Nobody understands this. He's using the Parkinson's to do whatever he wants. You think Mr. Parkinson, the first guy who had Parkinson's, you think he would like what he's seeing here? Mr. Parkinson would be appalled if he knew how Mr. Fox is behaving. Mr. David, I'd like to ask you about the incident in the elevator. That guy told you about that? Are you serious? He came to the board and he said, yeah, they got elevated with Larry Mr. David. Mr. Oh, come on, give me Mr. a break. Mr. David, you're not allowed to play with the buttons on the I elevator. I didn't play People with the have... buttons. He played with the buttons. <laughs> uh, Mr. David, um, I'm afraid it's the decision of this board in view of the two offenses that you are on probation. I think I, I don't have to explain that uh, a third offense will mean you will be asked to leave the building. It's not fair. Well, perhaps you could um, make amends to Mr. Fox. He's holding a fundraiser tomorrow afternoon in our courtyard, and it would be a good thing if you showed up. And, and a, a contribution to the Parkinson's charity would probably go a long way towards resolving this. How much you're thinking? 10000 <laughs> He's a so, ten thousand dollars to Larry is what ten bucks for us? 
No, it's ten thousand um, dollars. But so yeah. so who is yeah. so who is steering this shakedown exactly? Is yeah, this so coming I, from the top? Is this coming from Michael J. Fox? Well, so first of all, how did Asif Manvi go to the board on LD? He was the one who played with the buttons. I just <laughs> this is a kangaroo court. I'm totally on Larry's side here. I mean, I think Larry's wrong about his Michael J. Fox allegations, but he's still being railroaded here in this episode. But I don't know. I don't think this shakedown is coming from Michael J. Fox. I think I think that Michael J. Fox being a celebrity, everyone in the building wants to kiss up to him, including John Glazer, including the mm-hmm. board. So the board is more than happy to have this event in their courtyard and they want the event to be successful. And so they're they're shaking down Larry. I don't think Michael's saying, hey, I want Larry to pay ten thousand dollars to my charity. Got it. Um, yeah, there wasn't a, there was no Mr. Parkinson, just for the record. It was a Dr. No. Parkinson who discovered the disease. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's uh, probably correct. But listen, Larry doesn't have uh, uh, anybody as, as an assistant in New York. Right. He, he has a shrink in New York. He has a financial advisor in New York, but he doesn't have an assistant. So who's going to help him get yep. that information? That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So Larry is going to have to pay ten thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So we uh, we head to Central Park. Uh, Susie and Jennifer. Yeah, Susie together. and Jennifer are all of a sudden best friends. Yeah, yeah they're best friends now. Yeah. Um, and Larry comes with a huge back in his hand. She, the, Susie only knows Jennifer because of the fact that Larry's that she's dating Larry, right? I think so. Yes. And, I, and I feel like Larry would want to keep his girlfriend away from Susie. I would. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it turns out he bought another present for Greg. He heard the voice of the people. He got another present. Uh, Susie wants to know what it is, but Larry's like, that's not your business. Um, well, she's like, well, I want to know if you fucked up again. Um, and he wants, uh, you know, he wants it to be a surprise. She's like, well, if they could, you could keep it a surprise for Greg, but you can still tell us, which is fair. Um, and he tells them that he got Greg a violin. And Jennifer is uh, very impressed by that. He's been he's been loved to take lessons. Um, that's also very smart, Susie says, because Jen- Jennifer is a musician. And Susie's like, okay, great. So now you can take back the sewing machine. And I was like, no, what the heck? Like, I don't want to take it back. And Jennifer is like, yeah, I'll bring it to you. You'll return it. And he's like, no, like, I don't I have to buy two gifts. And I have to take one back. Um, in the meantime, like, Red comes over and he's like, yeah, I, I made you this like uh, pillow sham, like because I love the, the sewing machine. He's also really excited about the new presents. Um, and he hands over the pillow sham, which turns out has a giant swastika on it. So mm-hmm. not great, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the worst part of all is they ask, uh, where did you learn about that symbol? And she's like, Larry told me about yeah. it. <laughs> all right. OK, I forgot. Larry was very much in the wrong with the whole swastika thing. That was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, just then Susie gets up, she's angry and she starts walking towards Larry and she doesn't see that a cyclist is, is coming towards her, is about to hit her and Jeff pushes her out of the way and gets hit by the bike. Now, why Greg is Jeff screams. showing up all of a sudden here? Yeah, I don't know why he was there. Yeah. Um, and Jeff is, you know, declaring victory. I took a bullet for you. And she's like, well, technically it was a bike, but yeah, it's still pretty good. I, now, I now this episode, which again airs on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, there was a whole curb theme about somebody getting hit by a bike messenger on the Upper <laughs> West Side. Yeah, that's weird. No mention here at all. No reference. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. think of that. Um, yeah, um, Susie almost died on 9-11. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, uptown and 10 years. Yeah, a bike messenger. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we are at the, the uh, fundraiser for Michael J. Fox. Good afternoon. I want to welcome you all here and thank you for your support of the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's Research. It's, uh, it's really great to see you and, and a very special thank you, a very warm welcome 
Mayor Bloomberg. Supporting us as he has since our inception and, and throughout our progress uh, toward a cure for Parkinson's. Well, before I, I, I go much further, let me, let me just ask a question. How you feeling? My side is just killing me. Oh, God. It's terrible. Oh, I think you saved your life. She owes me. Yeah. Well, I got a doctor's appointment this afternoon. I'll get the whole thing straightened out. So, what'd you end up getting, Greg? Hey! And we figure we have to tackle roadblocks that other funders have not addressed. But. Larry, what are you doing? Why do you have to come here and do that? You give the violin sign in front of all these people. He made the violin sign? He's making a violin sign. Oh, my God. God. I got to get a, a present. It was a present. The violin sign, Larry. Come on, oh, please. Real. Wait a second, Mike. Let me, let, me, let me handle this. I'm the mayor. I'm not going to stand here and listen to anybody denigrate Michael J. Fox. He's a great New Yorker and a great American. Yeah. I wasn't denigrating. I didn't denigrate. Larry, let me tell you something. This guy's trying to put Parkinson's out of business, and I'm here to put you out of this city. Get out of town. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm All right, we have so much to unpack about that scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> first of all, what is the violin sign? Is this suddenly a thing that everyone's familiar with? Yeah, completely ridiculous. Yeah. And then what the, what is exactly the purpose of Mayor Bloomberg in this scene? Like, like what does he do? Like, he doesn't actually kick him out of the city. Like, Larry's still in the city like the next day. <laughs> this is like, you know, this makes less sense than Bloomberg's disastrous, like, presidential run in 2020. Like, I just, I don't understand what he's doing. Why is he like, he's like, oh, here's an opportunity to antagonize a rich and powerful man for no reason <laughs> over whom I have actually no power. So th- this whole thing, it's like they wanted Bloomberg to play a cameo and they just, like, didn't have a great idea, I think. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Um, yeah, um, it is interesting. We got to, you know, we have back-to-back mayors on Seinfeld and on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, poor de Blasio never got a guest spot on, any, yeah. on either show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Eric Adams will return. I didn't think about that. Season yeah. 12. <laughs> yeah. When you, um, well, I don't know. But, you haven't seen season 11 yet. Maybe uh, de Blasio's there. Maybe well, de Blasio's I'm, I'm in like, it. Yeah, we probably would have heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm here to put you out of this city. Yeah. What? Um, um, Bloomberg with uh, much uh, harsher words for uh, Larry David than he had for you. Um, and I have another bonus clip here. Oh. <laughs> I also want to congratulate tonight's honorees, Jimmy Brandt and Alex Chester. Congratulations. Yeah, I didn't know out of the city. You are not kicked out. Mm-hmm. You are kicked in. Mm, yes. He's not the mayor anymore, so he doesn't have powers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we head to the hospital and the doctor comes in and he tells Jeff, we got the results back and you definitely have a small amount of internal bleeding. And he tells him to go some antibiotics. He'll be fine, but he may have to take some suppositories, mm. um, which apparently they also call bullets. Yeah. And Jeff turns to look at Susie and Susie smiles. So like, what's the, so now the plan is now Susie is going to take the suppositories. That's not going to help Jeff. No, I think the point is just that he literally took a bullet for her. Or she's she, have to she put would them, she have would to have put them into his butt. No, she would have been taking the bullets, but for the fact that he jumped in front of the bike instead of her. Oh, so now he's taking he has to take this yeah. medicine, the bullets. Okay. Yeah, so he, so that's he, the literal he, bullets. Yes, he took a bullet for her in the end. Got it. Yeah. Um, have you ever taken suppositories? No, I have not. 
I've uh, I've done a couple times on on Yom Kippur. Uh, they make these like caffeine. Uh, oh, are you like Tylenol a huge coffee drinker? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, I've, uh, I've heard of people. They really they that, really but... fly up there once you oh. uh, <laughs> once you like you know enter the area. I've got to say I've never uh, thus far in my life it's only been an exit, not an entrance. Yeah, and I hear. I'm a little, I'm a little afraid of uh, re- reversing that just because uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's designed. Well, whatever. Plenty of people do it and seem to be fine with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, so we go back to Larry's apartment. Larry runs into the doorman again as he's getting out of the elevator and he stopped by Michael and he turns to apologize to him for the violin side. He explains to him that he's just trying to give Jeff a clue as to the identity of the birthday present. And Michael suggests that why don't we just start again on a clean slate? And Larry says, great, I'll do anything to make amends. And Michael goes on to explain that him and Tracy are doing this event at the hospital for the kids and they would love for Larry to come and spend the day with him at the hospital. And, you know, there's activities and, you know, but it's fine. We all wear a mask in order to prevent infection. Larry's very turned off. He's a rabid anti-master. Yeah, what a great idea by Michael here. <laughs> yeah, like Michael J. Fox was uh, ahead of his time. Um, and Mike, uh, Larry's clearly not interested in doing this. And he finds out when it is. Well, Larry's like, oh. not wrong. When I know that I'm going to an event where I'm going to have to wear a mask the whole time, it definitely impacts my interest in going to said, said event. Yeah. Um, so Larry um, doubles down on what got him into this situation to begin with. He does a double Tesla. And uh, when Michael tells him it's on Saturday, Larry tells him, oh, I'm actually going to be out of town. And when he asks him where you're going, he begins stammering and we cut to Paris hmm. and Larry and Leon are on the street and uh, Leon wants to know how long they're going to be here. And Larry says, well, I told Michael J. Fox I'd be here for two months. <laughs> so we're committed to that. Yeah. Um, and Leon is eating a chalupa inside a burrito wrapped together. Uh, Lowry making fun of him. You know, you have access to the best food in the world and you're having a chalupa. And Leon says, if I could put French toast in this motherfucker, I would. <laughs> and we see a car pull up and it's uh, it parks, taking up two different parking spaces. And Larry can't believe it. He goes to talk to him and he says, excuse him. But then suddenly <laughs> fluent in French. Yes. He asks the man if he's satisfied with how he's parked. And the man says, um, yeah, I think I've just I've done just fine. Who are you to tell me? And Larry calls him a pig parker. <laughs> and they start arguing in the middle of the street of Paris as our episode ends and our season eight ends. Yeah. So Larry going uh, to France to follow through on a lie is literally straight out of Seinfeld, right? Like George ends up in Paris with the kid. Right. Um, And, you know, I don't know if that's intentional or not. You know, I guess you never know what these things. Um, I don't think like Larry, uh, I just, I don't think that, this um, I think the fact that like the big season finale joke is a callback to the pig Parker is almost a sign of the fact that it wasn't really the strongest season in terms of like an overarching theme. Yeah. Like when you think of the final moments we've seen of every other season. And by the way, I went ahead and did that. I went ahead and ranked the final scene of each season of Curb. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, you want to see if I could here? Well, I want to see if I could remember what they are. So this is the, of all the seasons so far. All eight seasons. Yeah. All right. So season eight, we ends with Larry yelling at a pig Parker in France. Right. Remember season how season seven, seven ended is the respecting wood with Cheryl. Yes, exactly. Season six is um, Loretta. The, yeah, the montage, the, the montage with, yes. the, with the good job. Holiday card. Yeah, very good. Um, season five is where it's where he dies. Then he comes back. 
Well, yeah, I don't, the season five one, I watched it. I had no recollection. This was the final. I don't remember season. what the last season. What's yeah, the last we'll, season? we'll get to that in a second in my ring. Okay. But, yeah. Season four is the producers, and he says, like, I have uh, 30 yep. minutes. Yep. Yeah. Points to his watch. Yep. Um, season three is the restaurant. Is it everybody cursing? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's going to be your favorite. I bet. Um, <laughs> season two is, I don't really I remember. He's it's uh well okay we'll get to that one in a second and then season one I'm sure you're not gonna remember no all right all right so here's my ranking so my my least favorite is season five uh as la- the scene is and I don't even remember how this happens in the sequence is he alive is he dead I thought he went to heaven he saw his mother the final scene is Larry is leaving the hospital in a wheelchair and then he decides to go to the bathroom and then there's a guy in the disabled bathroom and Larry yells as you wait yeah. And like, th- give, this is an episode about Larry like dying possibly, and like this is just a very weak finish, and like it's right. a callback to the to the to the wheelchair uh, bathroom guy. Yeah. So that that's my least favorite. I didn't like that one so much. Uh, my second uh, least favorite is Larry Young, Pig Parker in France in this episode. <laughs> right. Uh, in sixth place is season one. Uh, the final season is Larry introduces his uncle to Wendy from the group, who attacks him, thinking that this was the uncle who molested Larry. Remember Larry made right. him alive, but why he was there? Right, right. It, yeah. it, it is very funny, uh, but it's a callback to an earlier scene in that episode, but not like an earlier episode in the season. So mm-hmm. that's why I have it ranked only sixth, because most of these, like the point is, it ties into like a season long arc. Uh, in fifth place, I have season four. It's Larry's triumphant return to Broadway, as we said. You know, he signals to Cheryl that he has another hour to use his anniversary gift. The season, the season as a whole, the episode as a whole is like a brilliant wrap up, but like. There's nothing particularly funny about the final shot, and it's actually sort of uncurb like for Larry to be on such a high note, like the star of the of the of the show. And then he points to Cheryl, and we don't even know did he actually get the you know seal the deal on his anniversary gift. Or we not. assume not. Yeah, uh, season four is uh, or excuse me, in fourth place is season two, which is one that you didn't remember. It's it's when he says he, he's wearing the sign I steal from I steal forks mm. from restaurants. Got it. And he's in that's front of the restaurant one. where the execs yeah, from every network that we met all season show up, and so right. I just thought it was like very brilliant. We're reminded yeah. like as each limo door opens in succession, we're reminded of like every conflict Larry had as he like says, oh, the shrimp. And so I thought that's very good. In third place, I have last season, as we said, Larry's about to seal the deal with Cheryl mm-hmm. when he finds the stain on her table, insists on having Cheryl talk to Julia. Uh, you know, he goes from almost uh, sealing the deal to basically uh, well, getting divorced and the next time that we see them. So this is like just it, a perfect moment of television. And I understand if you'd have it number one on your list, but I only have number three because uh, the top two are two of my favorite teams of the show ever. Uh, in second place, I have season six, that montage of Larry dating Loretta. In particular, Susie attacking Larry and uh, Loretta jumping in and like, who the fuck are you to talk to my man like that, you bitch? Like, that's amazing. And then season one, and then the first place you already predicted is the cursing at the restaurant's opening. Just my favorite season of television ever. I, I just, I, or, in, among my favorites, I absolutely love it. We see everybody from all season in the restaurant and they're all just cursing each other back and forth, ending with Cheryl and Susie, of course, before that we have Nat who says to us, I think, right? Just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we have bugger and bowls or whatever Michael York says. So yeah, that's my rating of the uh, final, the final uh, scene from each of the eight seasons of Curb so far. All right. That's fun. That's a fun treat. All right. Do we now uh, go to our ratings for this episode? We do. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I um, I, re- I remember this episode more fondly than I think uh, it was on rewatch. And I think it's, it's an episode that the more we talk it through, I kind of uh, softened on it even. Um, so I'm going to give this episode a pretty, 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 pretty good three and a half pretties. Um, I still think it's an above average episode because I do really enjoy 
the uh, Larry versus Michael J. Fox of it all. They have a fun rivalry, um, even if, uh, yeah, it does seem to be more Larry's head than I guess I had uh, previously thought about it. Um, but yeah, it's um, some of the other parts of the episode are, are definitely weaker. We, I do I do think we get some very good Leon. That's always going to just like bump it up for, for me a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, all right. So here's where I mentioned the fact that episode Ninja has this ranked Larry versus Michael J. Fox as the number one episode of all time. Wow. Vulture has it number five. Gold Derby has a five. Geek Legacy and LA Weekly both have it of eight. In fact, of all my rankings, there's only one ranker that does not have this as a top 15 all-time episode. And that's The Ringer, who has it at 56. And I got to say, with The Ringer on this one, um, a beloved episode, but like to me, the Jeff taking a bullet for Susie's storyline is very weak. Um, as I said, like the getting hit by a bus messenger on the Upper West, bike messenger on the Upper West Side, resulting in a death like once on curb. I just wish that had been referenced there. The Bloomberg cameo makes no sense whatsoever. They just wanted him and they couldn't come up with an idea. Larry ending up in France is an exact copy of Seinfeld. So, you know, I love Greg. I love doorman John Glazer and some others. But ultimately, I thought this was a somewhat uneven episode in a uh, in an uneven season where we had, uh, you know, the divorce is a great episode. season. episode one, Palestinian chicken in episode three is an all timer. Mr. Softy, another epic high. But the rest of the season kind of meh which is how I feel about this episode. Also, we'll get to our season rankings, I guess, at the end of uh, this podcast. But yeah, we'll uh, come back to, to me, I will say that this episode was uh, ranked 63 for me, which means it's pretty, pretty good. Only two pretties for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, season I, 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 hear, I hear that. All right. Uh, come with Guy. I'll go first. I, I give it to Greg. Eddie Eddie Schweighart is the actor uh, who plays Greg. He does an incredible job. Uh, The kid himself is delightful. So he's got a lot of skills, you know, with that sewing machine. Get a life, Jews. (laughs) I was looking up Eddie Schweighart. Maybe we should have had him on the podcast. I feel like he would have been available. We we tried. Oh, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he uh, not responsive or? We didn't get in touch with him. Uh, Okay. Yeah. He only he only has eight credits total and none in the last couple of years. And, And this is the probably the highest profile one. So, yeah. Uh, not uh, I don't know if he's a professional actor, and I will say he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but he does have a wiki.projecttopics.org page, mm-hmm. which describes itself. I'm, I'm on their page, and on the left side, it says wiki, the database of famous people in the world. And I'm going to read you the opening paragraph of his def- uh, his, uh, his uh, biography here. I will note there's several typos, but I will uh, just read it as it's intended to be written. Eddie Schweighart is an American actor whose latest hit included whose latest hit include Freak Show and Drunk Parents. I don't know what that is. At a very young age, Eddie tried to break into the acting industry, and he achieved huge fame. Uh, the movie star's height information is not mentioned anywhere on the internet, but he seems to be at the height of five feet and eight inches. That's the end <laughs> of the biography for Eddie Schweikart. So Jared, oh, we, we should find out from Jared, yeah. We're on to you. <laughs> You've made your own little like background Wikipedia page uh, where you think that Eddie Schweikart is achieved huge fame, and although his height information is available nowhere on the internet, you are sure that he's five foot eight. Um, <laughs> Great stuff. Now we have, t- hold on, I'm going to keep reading here. 10 facts at Eddie Schweigard. Somehow we have 10 facts about a guy about whom that's all we know. Number one, Eddie Schweigard is an American actor who seems to be the age of 17 years old and has achieved the height of success at such a young age. Number two, the American actor Eddie tried to break into the acting industry with a TV series named Curb Your Enthusiasm in the year 2000. That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> he broke yeah. it. It's his yes. show. <laughs> um, all right. Um, 
Number, uh, anyway, yeah, Greg is my come with guide too. Yeah, hold on. Uh, uh, number yeah. six, the American actor Eddie is not only a youth icon, but also has become a fashion model for today's youngsters. He really is. Fashion. Uh, <laughs> number 10, the movie star seems to enjoy his private life as he has not talked about his parents anywhere on the internet. <laughs> Who's yeah. they want to know about Eddie Schweiger's parents? So yeah, a lot of information about Eddie Schweiger there, but he is uh he is the come with guy for both of us today. So very exciting moment for Eddie. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, who's your fucking asshole? Uh, my fucking asshole is uh, Asip Manvi as oh, a no. man in an elevator. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this guy's just completely bonkos. Yeah. Um, just loses his shit, pushes all the buttons, and then he takes Larry. He complains on Larry to the yeah. to the co-op board. Yeah, I- I'm completely with you. I-, I I thought I picked somebody sort of slightly off of the beaten path, and so I'd get away with it. But um. Yeah, there's the way he pushes the buttons himself. The fact that he goes to the board and snitches on Larry, yes. Uh, shocking, but we are in consensus that uh, Asif Manavi is the fucking asshole in this episode. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we have two big cameos in this episode, of course. We have Michael J. Fox mm. and Mayor mm-hmm. Bloomberg. Uh, these are two of the biggest cameos that we've had in, in quite some time. I think that um, these, I mean, I'm looking at the Ted Danson Club, like those who are more famous than Ted Danson was in 2000. Yeah. And My- Michael Bloomberg, I think, certainly applies. Is Michael so. J. Fox in 2011? Is he more or less famous than Ted Danson in 2000? I think he's more famous. I think he's more famous. Yeah. All right. So we get two from this episode. The last one that we had had was Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And that was all the way in season seven, episode eight. So these are the first people. That was an officer. Of, yeah. Yes. In all of season eight to, to make it into the uh, Ted Danson club, which is a bit of a surprise because as the show gets bigger, you know, you get bigger and bigger stars. But um yeah, these are the these are the first two to make it in, in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a reminder, some of the other people we had playing themselves this season, uh, but we thought not quite as big. We had Ricky Gervais, Bill Buckner, Mookie Wilson. Uh, that's really about it. So, yeah, just um, those are those are the, not, not so many cameos by huge stars playing themselves. But uh, right off the bat, we will get a bunch in, uh, in season nine when we come back in, uh, in, in many weeks and also yeah. in season 11, which will come back before that. Is it our postman time? Time for the postman. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a shonda, Larry! Uh, uh, Larry uh, David! Uh, Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! A shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! We hear first from Joshua Schmitz, who says, Hello, gentlemen! So we've reached the end of another season... This episode, in my opinion, is really great and a fantastic culmination. Michael J. Fox is a really great sport walking a fine line with regards to the Parkinson's disease that results in some very funny moments. The star of the episode, in my opinion, is the boy who plays Greg. He is hilarious. He delivers his lines flawlessly and provides many sound bites. If you guys don't find a way to incorporate his saying, get a life cues into the weekly show, it would be this. Oh, maybe we could. We could be like, if somebody like has a take that we don't like, we could just be like, get a life cues. But I guess only if they're a Jew. So yeah, we could drop it during Jared Jerome's emails, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we missed the opportunity, maybe between the postman and the overall ratings. All right. We'll think of it. Give us some thought. If anyone has uh, if it wants to workshop ideas for how we could uh, work, uh, get a life juice as a, as a weekly segment. Uh, come with guy is Greg. This kid is fantastic. Fucking asshole is Larry. Probably not his best episode morally between mixing it up with a guy with Parkinson's and suggesting a child is a homosexual. Different times, I guess, as they probably couldn't get away with that 10 years later. Overall, five pretties out of five. Wow. 
So, uh, Josh, very high on the episode. Jim Crumley writes, hi, I started to write People versus Michael J. Clark above. It seems very <laughs> appropriate that you were also rec- you were recording this episode 10 years after the episode aired, which is, of course, also 10 years after Nickelback released their classic album, Silver Side Up. Also, Nickelback's debut album is called Curb. If only Curb Your Enthusiasm can have another 10, another episode in 10 years with Chad Kroger guest starring and singing How You Remind Me. Wow, a lot of Nickelback info there. Yeah. As for the episode, the plot wasn't great, but Michael J. Fox was excellent. Leon, Susie, and Jeff didn't have enough to do, but there were some good lines. The ending was well done and put a good bow in the season, potentially the series. I think that you should rank the season finales on how well they end the season and also on how well they would have done as to series finale. Mm. Three and a half pretties. Um, okay, I didn't read that in advance. I could think off the top of my head. Um, I think the I think last season's is very good as a series finale. I think that works really well. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, the producers works very well. Yeah. I mean, the restaurant. Season, anytime there's a season long arc, so three, four, and seven, all definitely. Yeah. Five. I mean, five. Yeah. Five and six. Yeah. Three. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you, we, we, they're, they're all pretty good. Every um, season after season three, there was a possibility this was it. And I think that yeah. they all, you know, that, that I would say Seinfeld is my favorite. Um, producers is my second favorite. Yeah, that's probably right. Although I really like the restaurant also. But yeah, yeah. In season three, and the, mon- the, show and the montage at the end of uh, season five is excellent. Yeah, but but, I, but that Sorry, as an, as a, that's not a series finale. Like we know that they have to come back. We have to see more, more of the blocks after that. I guess, yeah. Right. That doesn't work well as a season finale, a series finale. Um, okay. He says his come with guy is Michael J. Fox. He did well staying calm at the beginning of the episode, but then eventually fighting back. I wish that they had let him be a little more evil like he was at the beginning of his run on The Good Wife. Mm. Um, okay. So, yeah. So Jim confirms that I'm, I wasn't making that up. Yeah. Uh, the fucking asshole is Austin Monvi, man in elevator nice. that you should never get in, pet- in a pettiness contest with Larry David. It has to be right up there with never going against going in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Yes. Starting ground war in Asia. Same thing. Yes. All right. I do like that our asshole uh, this week was Man in Elevator. The previous week was Minion Man, number one and number two. Ah, so, yes, yeah. we're going with unnamed people. Yeah, Minion Man in Elevator. Yeah, imagine yes. getting accosted in an elevator to go to Minion. <laughs> imagine we get an elevator with nine other Jews. Oh, get a life, Jews. The great Will Blake writes, Hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I get a swastika for my birthday. This is easily one of the best episodes. The opening oh, scene wow. is one of my favorites. See, listen, he, so these rankings aren't wrong. People uh, maybe we're yeah, people. People love this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. He thought they were a bit much classic line. This is one of the only episodes where I was a bit moved by a performance. Michael J. Fox nailed it. Come with guy is Jeff taking a bike for Susie. The fucking asshole is Larry. He was rare for him in this episode. It made the episode pretty good. He got kicked out of New York, for Christ's sake. Five out of five pretties, a top five episode for me. Zach Brooks writes, I feel terrible for how hard I laughed at Pist or Parkinson's. Maybe I'm the fucking asshole of the week. I've always loved Michael J. Fox so much. It's great to see him in this episode again. Michael and Larry are like a bizarro Marty and Doc, or maybe that would be Michael and Bloomberg. Hypothetical question. If Hitler never donned the Hitler mustache, do you think you'd use that facial hairstyle? Yeah. Well, not me, because well, I don't use. Well, I, mean, I don't, I don't mean you or me, that. but it would. Yeah. It, w- it wouldn't be eradicated. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird that like the whole the whole hairstyle is it's not no not allowed because one bad guy used it. Like, yeah. Well, everything... it doesn't reflect, but it doesn't yeah. really reflect on the hairstyle. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, all right. Used... Let's bring it back. Yeah. Okay, fine. You and I. <laughs> well, we're you, the... me, Michael Jordan. That's all. We well, wear uh, Hitler mustaches to the uh, recharge the mitzvah bar mitzvah. Yes. Life, so. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm trying to look like Danny Duberstein. I don't know if he would have had a hit. Yeah, mustache. that's true. He probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, a nice hat, though. 
come with guy is Leon. Once again, he literally came with Larry to Paris and that USA shirt cracked me up. The fucking asshole is the elevator asshole. No Ooh. question. He can fuck right off. Honorable that shit's a homophobic and a guest dyer. Yeah, that's true. I thought about her as well. Um, he gives the episode four and a half pretties all around funny and brings the season full circle. And finally, to end things off for season eight, Olin Allen, who says, well, season eight. So no Jared books, Jerome again. No Jared Jerome. Mm. And, after life, const- you. and after constant correspondence and so many hours and efforts put in by the hosts, all I have to say to Alex and Av is get a life, Jews. Yeah. All right. A decent episode well with a great appearance by Michael J. Fox. Have a feeling it had more impact at the time. Originally seeing Michael J. Happy to live with his lot and not hide from it. Great chemistry with Larry. However, I was probably more taken with young Greg, who was just fabulous. And his favorite film year of 1939 is a great shout. Thought Susie was hypocritical stating that all his mannerisms don't apply his sexuality about him but a sewing machine does and why shouldn't he have something he loves and is so talented with 100 especially with some of those symbols and the angles that line up to and cross up and down on a rewatch now doesn't feel a great season closer and he gives the episode three and a half out of five makes it surprisingly high as my fifth favorite season out of eight on average although my top episode is ranked below at least one episode from each other season Come with guy has to be the young Greg. He is just fabulous, fun, happy to be himself, and so thankful to be a proper, thoughtful present. The fucking asshole in an episode where Hitler is prominently featured. I am going with Mayor Bloomberg. So obnoxious to Larry, and well, he is Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> so that uh, the audience of much, much higher on the episode than yeah. either you or I. Um, they uh, give it an average score of four point three which makes it the fourth ranked episode of the series, according to the audience. Um, However, when you average that with your two and my 3.5, that gives it an overall score of 3.27, which is the 41st ranked overall episode um, on a combined basis. Um, Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, it's it's even more skewed for the audience, the season as a whole, it being very uneven. Um, The audience has the number two, the number four, the number five episodes of the series. In this in the season. season, yeah, in pa- Palestinian Chicken, Mister Softy, and Larry versus Michael J. Fox. What about the divorce? The list, the listeners didn't love the divorce. The, uh, they have it forty eighth, so like kind uh, of a little bit okay. around average. Mm. They we they also have their seventy first and eightieth ranked episode, the Smiley Face and Vow of Silence, and then the rest of the episodes that are you know thirties, fifties, forties, all over the place. Um, so yeah. yeah, so very top heavy, bottom heavy for them. Ours is kind of like that as well. Um, I mean, I, I mean, like overall, um. We have uh, our overall number two, number six, and Mr. Softy, and then a few real clunkers, the same ones we talked about earlier. That that smiley face, Val of Silence hero run in the middle is really not that great. And even then bisexual. But then we, we were a little bit higher up on par- Car Periscope, Mr. Softy, and then a little mixed on this end of the season. So I think the, the season probably kind of like started strong and then had a lull in the middle and then it ends kind of stronger. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. So my average for the season is a 2.85, which is tied with season one as the second lowest season, notwithstanding the fact that we have a couple of Hall of Fame episodes. Right. Um, yes. But you and the listeners are both uh, much higher. You have it as uh, 3.55, which actually, let me see. You have it uh, fourth out of the eight season. Yeah, out of the middle. The listeners, the listeners have actually been very consistent every single season. They basically rated between 3.5 and 3.3 and 3.6. Yeah, that's interesting. Very consistent. So, yeah, so they, they have it ranked 340, 3.49, but it's, it's basically indistinguishable from any other season. Uh, the overall ranking, we have it at 3.3, 3, 
which is, um, yeah, middle of the, about fourth overall, just like uh, your ranking with that uh, last season being the best season. Um, and uh, this season being, yeah, uh, back season, towards the middle. Season one, we have as the worst season. Yeah. Although, yeah. Although, uh, yeah, like season five and six are pretty close. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are our rankings. And uh, next week, uh, as you mentioned at the top, as we mentioned a few times, Larry took six years off between seasons eight and nine. And so we're going to take about six weeks off from the usually scheduled weekly recaps. Uh, we're not taking off in the podcast altogether. We will be discussing some of the things that Larry did during that six year uh, uh, intermission, along with uh, some other things that Larry has done before. And, and some other uh, and we may even throw in some other uh, random hijinks. Yes, well. we, random hijinks uh, will be had. So, uh, you know, we've enjoyed the first eight seasons with you guys. Uh, as you know, we'll be skipping nine and ten to go straight to eleven, and then we'll come back to nine and ten uh, in twenty twenty two, I guess, or December of twenty twenty one, whenever a season season eleven wraps on HBO. But uh, we hope that uh, even if we're not doing weekly recaps, you'll think that the next few weeks of the podcast will maybe not be a full five pretties, but maybe it'll be at least. Pretty, 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 pretty. Get a life, Jews.